We've been studying together a book of the Bible. We've been looking at one of the Gospels, one of the the, uh, letters about Jesus, stories about Jesus. And we've been looking at the Gospel of Luke. And there seems to be a constant theme throughout this Gospel letter from Luke. And that is, it is good news for all people. Jesus is good news for all. And I'm so grateful for that, that Jesus came not just for a religious group of people, he came for all people. No matter who we are, where we're from, he's come to seek and save that which is lost. And over the last few weeks and months, we've been studying this letter together, this letter, which was written by this follower of Jesus called Luke, who was a doctor. And he was writing it to this man called Theophilus, who was sort of new to the Christian faith. And so this guy, Luke, wrote this letter to help him and ground him in his faith to understand who Jesus was and what Jesus did and what he came to accomplish. And so we've seen, we've looked at the early life of Jesus, his his miraculous birth. We've seen the virgin birth. We've looked at him growing up. We've seen his early years, his teenage years. And and also we began to look at his start of ministry as well at the age of 30. And we've been looking at over the last few weeks, these incredible messages that as Jesus begins his ministry here on earth, as he begins going around telling people about who he was and about the good news of the kingdom, we noticed, I've seen something that really stood out to me, was that Jesus, who is fully God, but he's also fully man, he didn't minister in his own strength, but he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit. We in this church believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that God is three in one. We believe there is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And we believe the Holy Spirit is a co-equal member of the Trinity. He is God in the present right here and right now. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at who the Holy Spirit is and his role, exactly what the Holy Spirit does. Because I think a lot of people get confused about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does within our lives. Even as Pentecostals, I think sometimes we get a little bit confused about the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, we're going to continue looking at the Holy Spirit just again. And this morning, we're going to look at uh, an important subject. We're going to look at baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to unpack this in a few moments' time, but this is part one of a two-part message. But just going to begin by basing ourselves again in Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4. And we'll read these verses together to see how prominent the Holy Spirit was, how active the Holy Spirit was, even in Jesus' life. It says this in Luke 3, verse 21 to 22. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit, in bodily form, descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. One of the great pictures of the Trinity there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 2 says this, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time, And became very hungry. Luke 4 verse 14 says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Uh, Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. And then Luke 4, 17 to 19 says this, The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. The blind will see and the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. 
And so, as I said, we've been learning about the Holy Spirit. And if you want to catch up on those messages, you can on our website. They're on there and also on our YouTube channel as well. But as I said, the Holy Spirit, it can be often misunderstood within our lives. Some people get a little bit scared about the Holy Spirit. And, and today we're going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As I said before, this can be a bit of a complicated subject. I remember the first time hearing this term, baptism in the Holy Spirit, or some people say being filled with the Holy Spirit. The first time I heard this phrase was at the age of 12 years old, and I remember sitting in one of the back two rows there at our church right here, and it was on a Sunday evening. I remember as a church, we had invited this guest speaker to come, this lady to come. She was an evangelist. If you don't know what an evangelist is, it's somebody who has been specifically called by God to tell other people about Jesus. You might say, isn't that the job of every Christian? Yes, it is. But God has anointed people. God has empowered certain people with a special gift to tell others about Jesus. And this, this woman came along, this evangelist came along. If I said her name, I'm sure some of you would know her. But she came along and she ministered here in our church on a Sunday evening. And I remember at the end of her message, she, she invited people to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I remember a few of the young people, the youth, my cousins, my friends who were here, quite a few of them came down to the front to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, I, I remember her praying for people, putting her hand on people's shoulders, and then they all, all of a sudden began to speak in a funny language, this strange language. I didn't have a clue what was going on. Now, to be honest with you, when I heard that happening, sitting at the back at the age of 12, I was terrified. I was freaked out. I thought, what on earth is going on here? I thought, this is crazy. This is scary. And I remember her saying, does anybody else want to come out to be prayed for, to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I thought, no, please pray that we can end our meeting. I want to run out of here. I don't know what's going on. It seems out of the norm. It seems absolutely crazy. I was terrified of what was happening. And I remember growing up in church, hearing different people speak and now what I know is the, the gift of tongues speaking and the message of tongues. But I didn't have a clue what was going on. They said it was the Holy Spirit to me. I was absolutely terrified. But, but I didn't understand what was fully happening. She said, do you want to come forward and pray to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I thought, no chance. Get me out of here. There is no way. But then I remember when our former pastor, Pastor Rob, came to our church. And he was somebody who was passionate about the Holy Spirit. He still is. He believes in the Holy Spirit, he believes in the power of the Spirit, and he believes in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I remember him coming along. I was just a young person when he came along, and he began teaching our church, and in particular us young people, I don't know if you remember this, Al, in, in our youth connect group, our youth small group, he would teach us about who the Holy Spirit was, what he does, and I remember him teaching us and asking if we wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. i got to be honest, after listening to him teach, I thought, why on earth am I scared of this? I understand who the Holy Spirit is, and I want to know the presence of God in my life. I want to know the Holy Spirit in my life. And I remember him praying on a Monday night, praying for me in that room there, laying his hands on me. And I just remember feeling this overwhelming sense of God's presence on my life. It was like I was being clothed with God, putting on God on me. I could feel his presence within my life and I could feel this new prayer language, praise language that I haven't learned before, just begin to start bubbling over as I began praising God. Now, I gotta be honest, I was a little bit scared and I didn't fully go for it. But I remember going home and I just began saying, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? I wanna be baptized in your spirit. And in my bedroom at the age of 18, upstairs, which is now Nat's room, my other brother's room, he's in that room now. 
I remember just sitting on my bed and being filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in this new language that I've never learned before. And I've got to be honest, that was a game changer in my walk with Jesus. That changed everything. It was almost like the light came on in my walk with the Lord. It changed absolutely everything. I had a real passion for God. God was even more real than ever before. I had a desire to know him, to tell other people about him. It really was the game changer in my life, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe for some of you here, maybe you've heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit, but just like me at the age of 12, you were scared or you've been scared. You know, there have been many people you might have seen even on TV or online, people who said that they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but they do silly things, crazy things in the name of the Spirit. I can tell you, our God isn't a God of chaos. He's a God of order. And there is nothing to be frightened about, about the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is our friend. He has come to help us live this Christian life. And, and this event about being filled with the Holy Spirit is important. It's important for us to know. But I want to say this morning, it's important for us to be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. But not just because I say it. Even though I'm the pastor here, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit just because I say it. But it's all over the Word of God. God encourages us through His Word to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible tells us there are three significant points when someone accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior and experiences the Holy Spirit. These three turning points are known as baptisms. Now, you might say, I thought there was only one baptism, baptism in water. Well, this morning, I'm going to show us very quickly, lay a foundation for us this morning, that there are three different types of baptisms this morning when we surrender our lives to Jesus. The first one that we have when we give our lives to Jesus is the baptism of salvation. The Bible says that when we give our hearts to Jesus, when we put our trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are baptized or immersed. In other words, that's another way to say it. We're immersed into the body of Christ. In other words, we become part of the family of God, the church. We're spiritually part of the family. We've got brothers and sisters in Jesus. We, we get to serve alongside and serve and worship God together. It says this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 13. It says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Different backgrounds, different cultures. But when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we become part of one great family, the family of God, the church of Christ. And I love that. Even in our church, we've got so many people from different cultures joining us, from Romania. We've got people from Nigeria with us. We've got people from England, people from Wales, all different backgrounds, but we've one thing in common. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, we become part of one family. We baptized into the family of Christ, the body of Christ. This is how the church started on the day of Pentecost, but actually it was even before the day of Pentecost when Jesus told his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. It says this in John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22. It says that Sunday evening, this is after Jesus rose again and the disciples, they were scared, they were hiding. It says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, 
He showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Listen to this in verse 22. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples here were first, were the first people converted into what we now know as Christianity. They became Christians that day. The Holy Spirit came and dwelt inside them and they became followers of Jesus. And we too, we receive the Holy Spirit, all of us, when we surrender our lives to Jesus. He comes and dwells in our hearts and our spirits cry out, as the Bible says, Abba, Father. He confirms that we are followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does that. But we see there's a little bit more as the other gospels unpack in. In Luke 24, it says this, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing among them. Peace be with you. And then it says this in verse 49. Jesus said these words, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So Jesus breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus says there's another event coming where you're going to have the Holy Spirit empower you. So yes, you've got the Holy Spirit to confirm you now, my followers, that you are saved. But there's going to be another move of the Holy Spirit. You're going to encounter the Holy Spirit in another way, in a future time. And we, Jesus says it again in Acts 1, verse 3 to 5. He says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when they, he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift as he promised. As I told you before, John was baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's that phrase, baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we, uh, when we get saved by the Holy Spirit, we are baptized into the body of Christ. But there is another two baptisms as well. The second baptism, we are baptized into the body of Christ. Second baptism is the baptism in water. Many of us are familiar with that. Water baptism is a public declaration of a private commitment. We had a baptism a few weeks ago. Georgina got baptized in our church and she was declaring, I'm now a follower of Jesus. She had already made the decision to follow Jesus a while ago when she went through the Alpha course, but now she was standing in front of everybody and saying, look, I'm making a public declaration of what's gone on in my life. I am going to be baptized in water. And when she was baptized in water, it is a symbol that she was being buried with Christ and raised to a new life with Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he was buried in the tomb, but three days later, he rose again. And that's what we do with baptism. When someone is baptized in water, they are immersed in water, they go under the water, they die to their old life. It's a symbol, they die into their old life. And when they raised up out of the water, it's a symbol that they raised to a new life in Jesus. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. We're now living for Jesus. Just as water washes us and cleanses our body, symbolically, that's what happened when we are baptized. But I do want to say this morning, the baptism doesn't mean that we are saved. It doesn't mean we aren't saved through baptism, but baptism is a sign that we have been saved. Baptism is a sign that we have been saved. It doesn't save us because God's word is clear that we are saved by grace. 
and not by any human effort. It is the grace of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is a reward for the, not for the, is not a reward for the good things we have done. So we can't boast about it. It is about Jesus. But the Bible is also clear that when we've surrendered our lives to Jesus, we should make this public declaration. And if you were here today and you haven't been baptized in water, but you've surrendered your life to Jesus, we'd love to baptize you. If you would like to get baptized, please come and see myself or Paul afterwards after the service. And we'd love to talk to you about baptism and we'd love to host another baptism service here. We want to help you take that next step in your faith. So there's two baptisms for us. When we're saved, we're baptized into the family of God. Then once we are saved, we make this public declaration. We are baptized in water that we are now followers of Jesus. And then finally, as we come towards a conclusion, there is a third baptism the Bible talks about, and that is baptism in the Holy Spirit. But as I said, this is often the most misunderstood and confusing for all people. But there's a powerful story to show the baptism in the Holy Spirit and what that means for us is actually found in Acts chapter 8. And I'm going to read verse 5 to 12. But we see here the disciples, they've been preaching about Jesus, preaching the gospel, telling people about Jesus. And it says this in Acts 8 verse 5 and then verse 12. It says, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. But now... The people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. So we see here two baptisms. First of all, people were listening to Philip talk about Jesus, preach about Jesus, and they put their faith in Jesus. So they were baptized in the family of God. Secondly, after that, they were baptized in water. So we got water baptism. But then that's not the end of the story. Acts 8, verse 14 to 17 says this. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people in Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them, for they'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Each of these experience, experiences serve as a different Purpose, serve a different purpose. Baptism in salvation confirms that our sins are forgiven. Jesus is our Savior and Lord, and heaven is our home. Water baptism is a public declaration that we are now followers of Jesus, children of God. But baptism in the Holy Spirit, it provides us with a powerful, with the power to minister and serve other people here for, on earth for Jesus. That is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about. It's a different experience. It's to empower us to live for Jesus and to tell other people about Jesus. Because I don't know about you, I've tried to do this in my own strength, but I fail miserably. It can be frightening to tell other people about Jesus. I can get my words wrong about when I tell people about Jesus. I get scared. I sometimes don't know what to say. But God hasn't left us on our own to do this. He has sent his spirit to empower us, to give us power, to give us the words to say, to help us, to be alongside us when we tell other people about Jesus, because that's God's mission here on earth. God's mission for every single one of us in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, 
is to tell other people about Jesus. That's your mission. That's my mission. Not just as the pastor. That's not just my role. It's not just Paul's role as the elder. It's all of our mission. We've all are called by God to tell other people about Jesus. And you don't have to wait until I'm with you. God is with you. And God wants to fill you with his spirit so you have a special power and enabling to tell other people about Jesus, but also to live for Jesus as well. And we see even in the Old Testament, these these three examples. I'm not going to go into it now, but when you look at the tabernacle, Pastor Rob spoke a message about this a few months ago, and that message is on our website, but it shows us even in the Old Testament about these three different examples about salvation, then about cleansing, and then about empowerment to live for our God. And so when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for being witnesses for Jesus, effective witnesses for Jesus, telling other people about Jesus, to live this life as effectively as possible. And I don't know about you, but I want that. I don't want to see just this church filled. I want to see people come to know Jesus. I want to see hell emptied and heaven populated, as Reinhard Bonnke once said, the great evangelist. It's not about people coming along to church. It's about people having eternal life. That's what's at stake here. It's not about filling this place with people. It's about filling heaven with people, with souls. That is what we are all about. And we need help to do that. And I thank God he's given us his spirit to be able to do that this morning, to be bold, powerful witnesses. That doesn't mean to offend people, upset people, or hurt people, because many people do that as well. The Holy Spirit has come alongside us to give us the right words of say of love and to point people to Jesus as well. And so next week, we're going to look at, this is a, an, advert, an advert for you, next week we're going to look at being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you a bit of a heads up I don't want to freak you out. Maybe I shouldn't do this. I don't know. Maybe my parents or maybe dad, you might say something different later on, but I'm going to give you a heads up. Next week, we're going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit in this place. Maybe we could even do that this morning. We believe God wants to fill you with his spirit. Maybe there are family members in your life who don't know Jesus. God wants to give you his spirit to give the words to say, not to have a funny experience or to go crazy or anything like that but he wants to empower you and help you live effectively. And I want to encourage you, even this week, as we build, even up to that next week, as we're going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe even refilled as well. It says this, this in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13, and I'm going to end with this. These are the words of Jesus. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a steak instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want to encourage you this week, ask God, God, fill me with your spirit. Baptize me in your spirit. I want to know your Holy Spirit in my life. If you've never prayed that before, do that even this week. Don't even have to wait till next Sunday. Do that this coming week. But next Sunday, we want to create an opportunity just to pray for people to be filled as well. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to believe that God will do it. We're not going to conjure anything up. It's not going to be weird or anything like that. 
We're just going to wait on God and ask God to come and fill people so that you might be effective witnesses for him in making Jesus known in the world around you. I believe it's going to be a powerful meeting next week. I really do. We're a Pentecostal church after all. So, you know, this should be the norm for us as well. So I want to encourage you, come along next week. But this week, pray about it. Spend this week laying that foundation and say, Lord, I want to know your spirit. And if you want to learn a little bit more about who the Holy Spirit is, go back over these messages that are on our website or on our YouTube channel. Have a listen to that. But I pray this morning this has helped you to understand the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's about being effective witnesses for Jesus and knowing God's help within our Christian lives.